Welcome to another episode of Sports Matters. I'm Kevin Drake along with Matt Burtz. Good morning. And what a beautiful morning it is. It is indeed. So much going on in the sporting world from so many things happening today, let alone what's going on over this past weekend. Yep, we get game two of the Warriors Spurs, and then we also got the Ducks game three, one one going into uh I think it's the Bridgestone Center, is it? I, mean, I don't know. It's, it's I don't going know to Nashville Arena, but I, I know think the, it is. I'm not positive though. Don't quote me on it. I know hockey fever has definitely hit uh, Nashville. I can guarantee one thing about the game: everyone will be wearing yellow, and it'll be loud. That's for sure. Because oh, that's gonna be a hostile yeah. environment. But you know, the Ducks seem to respond really well when they're in a situation like that. Look what they did when they went up to Calgary. They won both those games. They won two out of three in Edmonton. Yeah, they thrive in that kind of environment. You know, it just seems like you know you're more. I think what it is when you're on the road you're more together because it's just you versus the world so you're just a little bit more tighter and you just kind of have that bond and you just kind of close out everything else and you just attack well these two teams are very similar in how they play uh by defensive standards and you know by their goaltending standards i think pekka Rene, who's the goaltender for the predators is the best in the nhl period like you can argue some other people you can be like oh Hendrick Lund. no it's been Pecorine in this postseason especially in this postseason and throughout the season so he's a, such a big guy um, very tall big goaltender and that's usually bodes well for people and he's quick as well so if you're quick and big you got a good chance to be a great goaltender in this league and I think they got one of the best and they have their first two lines of defense are very scary with P.K. Subban, and then you got Weber in there as well. Um, not Shea, but the other Weber. And then you got Ellis and all them. So it's it's going to be a tough matchup for the Ducks. It was always going to be. Um, you, in the first two games, you saw physical games between Ryan Kessler and Johansson. Yeah, which, so you know, I like what Kessler's doing, though. He's oh, yeah. really getting under Johansson's skin because you got to because Johansson is fast. He's probably one of the fastest guys on the fast break. And you saw when they got that first goal in game two. Now, you went to game one, right? I did. You know, oh, I mean, that was just a great game. It, it it went overtime, didn't it? It was a great game. And, you know, sometimes that happens. Anytime it goes into overtime, it's a win for the away team for sure. Um, but to back to that kind of Kessler versus Johansson thing, in the press conference he was saying, how do you root for a guy like that? And it's very easy. I mean, your family or your fans will root for that kind of thing. And uh, he was very – you could say that he went over the line, but what is going over the line? I mean, they're not having tea and cupcakes. You know, it's hockey. It's, hockey. Mean, it's playoff hockey. It's this playoff is the hockey. round of the playoffs. It's, right. it's not like – so I don't really agree with his comments. Um, I think Ryan Kessler plays the game that is supposed to be played. It's, it's winning the mental but, and the physical battles, and that's what he does. But, yeah, but but this is what I get. It's working because for him, when he's saying comments like that, it's working. So keep up the good work, Mr. Kessler, because definitely going to need you uh, in these next two games tonight and probably Thursday. I think now it's every other night. Yeah, I think so. But um, it's going to be tough getting past Pecorino. That I mean, I have you know the the most amount of compliments for him. I wish the Ducks had him, even though I'm a Ducks fan. He's such a great goaltender, and uh, I saw you know. The one thing that I did notice is on defense, their power play defense is very good. They do a, a kind of a box zone, and they, they stretch their box out pretty far, and that's they putting do. pressure on the Ducks, and I think that was very crucial for them. And then you looked in the next game after that, and they got a huge power play goal by Jacob Silverberg, Jacob. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, so big big goal by him so that you kind of uh, you uh, get rid of those the monkey off your back when it comes to power plays because in the first two series, they 
they were not very good. Um, and then they continued it in the game one. So it was good that they got a power play goal against him. Well, also, too, I noticed Coach Carlisle made some adjustments. He went more with the Kessler line to get, you know, boost up the offense a bit. Yeah, so he, some more scoring. he also, and the other thing is he moved up Kasi. Uh, yes, and yes. they he moved down Perry, which he's been doing. He moved Perry down to three, and he moved Kasi, uh, Case, or whatever you want to call him. I don't know how to pronounce it. It's a I, K-A-S-E. I, I think he said Kasi. Kasi. I think it's yeah. Kasi because yeah. he, he's uh, European. Um, but he, he's been unbelievable in that, you know, in that second game, that was very big of him. He got a goal, uh, his first playoff goal, and then they move him up. It's just Randy Carlisle has such a good feel of the game. He knows who's yes. doing well and who's kind of struggling. And you, he saw Perry struggling. He's like, I'll move you down. And it worked out well because the other the two lines that were below him, they needed some energy and they needed someone to get, come in and handle the puck, which he, I, he just does an amazing job with this team. And the the way that they they bet, uh, they beat Pecorene in game two was, you know, kind of something that we haven't seen before from Pecorene um, where they attacked him. They attacked him. That's exactly what I was going to try to say. Um, They attacked him. They got to the front of the net. And before they were trying to shoot for the corners, which that's tough to do. I mean, you think about how big a hockey puck is and you think about your margin of error and and that just shows you how good of a goaltender is and how much space he takes up. But at the same time, they got to the puck in the front of the net, which was the difference in the two games. That was the big difference. Yes. Was the, the goals that the Ducks got in the first game were on the corners. Of the You know, they hit the post. One of them hit the post. The other one was in the corner. So it's like you definitely got to get rid of that kind of shots, and you got to start getting it toward the net and get those rebound goals. Oh, indeed. But you also, too, you want to get that goalie moving from side to side. You want to get him. You don't want to just keep him on one side. Like you said, I know they were taking a lot of those corner shots, and he was just gloving them every yeah. single time. But you want to kind of hit him from both sides to keep him moving and then just catch him off guard. I think this is the biggest game in the series. It really is. This is the big – well, these two that are coming up, because so it, it determines a lot. Um, I – Really hope that they win. They do exactly what they did in Edmonton, but you know that's wishful thinking. If they get out with one, they're looking in a pretty good spot. I mean, as long as they don't lose both Just these games here, got to focus on tonight. Got to focus on tonight. Yeah, exactly. There's one other thing I like what Coach Carlisle did at the very towards the end of the game. Uh, you know, now when it was when the, uh, Nashville emptied their net and they were really attacking uh, the Ducks, you know, try to tie it up because it was 4-3. to three, And there was a face-off, and it was probably about just under a minute to go. Yeah. And he actually lined up three seconds. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was and thinking And he immediately that. got a goal after that. So it's little things like that. He makes, like you said, he's got a, such a good feel for the game, but he made this quick little adjustment, and then and that closed the game out. That closed it out for sure. I mean, center, centers play dead or defense in the wings, in my opinion, on this team. Yes. Definitely for sure. I mean, you look at who the stars of the team are, and three of them are centers. <laughs> Which is you know pretty incredible for the Ducks. So that that's the other big thing is you know if they control the faceoff battles, they control the game. And you and you know using them carrying over this quote because it's the quote that is just defines the Ducks. When Ryan Getzloff plays, the rest of the team plays. Yeah. You know they run when off he goes, of him. They go. And he's just such a talented passer. And when you know when he's passing the puck, which he always will do, it allows him to get open for shots. And when he's taking shots like slap shots from the point. Good things will happen. I know that for a fact. Oh, you know? absolutely. Because that means the passing is working. We're in for a great game tonight. I'm sure there's a lot of watch parties tonight. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a game time, uh, 7.30? Uh, 5, actually. 5 o'clock? Okay. 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock. Because it's, a, right. uh, I guess, yeah, it's technically East Coast. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, you know, you don't want to keep the East Coast people up too late. Yeah, no, they'll get grouchy for sure. I know. I remember like Monday Night Football back in the day would start at nine at night. <laughs> it was fun to go to games that late, but uh, hey, get it out for quick. work the next day. Well, we got to congratulate our UCI women's water polo team. I mean, they had an amazing season. They just came up short in the first round of the uh, NCAA tournament, losing to Cal uh, nine to seven. They, they made a monster comeback, but you know, winning 14, 15 games in a row, that's really hard to do in this sport. Like yeah. I said, I, I would have done drowned after the first game. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, no, it's amazing what they've accomplished and what they have done because, I mean, they'd certainly set the school record. And they also proved, too, they can play with the best of them. You know, it just it's they can beat pretty much anybody. It's just one of those days where they got that loss, you know, and just it just came up short. Yeah. But I still want to congratulate them on an amazing season, all the effort they put into their uh, team and what an, I just can't say anymore. Amazing. Got, Amazing. I've got some sad news to say. That What's the, the sad news? The UCI baseball team, oh. for the first time in 17 seasons, technically years, for the first time in 17 years, will not make the postseason. So, that, yeah, that's pretty sad for the Anteaters, but like we were saying, those recruits coming in, we got that's some great pitching. News. That's the good news. Yes. They got a great pitching yes. and great catcher, so look for them to bounce back next year for sure. You know, I like to keep it positive oh, because absolutely. there is some positives yeah. in this. Every now and again, you're going to have a down season. Just things just didn't go your way. Well, their best pitcher got hurt yeah, before the season started. I mean, that's hard. Uh, that's that's too, hard. That's so tough. Uh, I when, feel when you, I feel for them when you lose your best pitcher, and uh, it's just that's just a. Uh, you don't want to make excuses and blame it on no, one no. thing because their offense was very very good this year. It's just you know. There's a lot of youth in pitching, and it's kind of how it went. Um, but you know what? This is a good anteater team. I wouldn't get you know too hung up on this. Like, yeah, it's, it's kind of sad for a guy like Mikey Duarte, who's uh, gonna go out this year um, after being a redshirt senior, coming back after an injury. Like, it's tough for some of the guys, the seniors especially. But you know what? Uh, this program is looking up for sure. Oh, it's huge. And you know, speaking of. Winning the USA Volleyball Collegiate Beach Championship right here, UCI's very own Michael Sieta and his partner Lucas Yoder. Congratulations to both of them. Went in the beach, the beach volleyball, and actually, I think Michael Sieta is actually going to be on the Team USA. Oh, nice for the collegiate. So, congratulations to him and to the partners. So, we see we got some champions here. <laughs> well, I mean, we're all, you know, let's think about the anteaters. They're always competing. They're always fighting, you know, and it's like you say, only one team can win. Only one team can win. You just got to be happy with the season that you had. As long as you keep fighting and, and, and playing hard, you know, you know, good things will come. Sometimes you may come up short, but the thing is you gave the effort. And uh, also, not to, not to switch gears a little bit, but I want to crack, congratulate David Kim in the first round of the NCAA against the Stanford regional start. He shot a 67. Oh, par. that is nice. I know that the, the men's golf team won the Big West Championship. Like, that's pretty impressive right there. Oh, absolutely. Something, you know, worth noting. We got... 
good golfers around here that's for sure there's some good golf courses and i love golf oh man i know you I, do. Live, I spend too much money on golf but that's for sure yeah it's not a it's not a cheap sport it's not it's, and, it, means. and like i kind of wanted to touch like how they can make the game i i was looking at a report yesterday and it was talking about how virtual reality goggles are going to change golf like in like you're going to throw on the goggles and it's going to appear course and you're going to hit balls and it's going to indicate and like to me I don't know there's just something about being outside like that's the point of golf is to be outside and out you know exactly. in the sunshine like not inside doors you're hitting the, I've I've hit a golf ball indoors and I broke a window so it's like I don't know where you're supposed to go and do Golf's that Golf's not an indoor sport yeah, unless not you're doing putt, putt. so I just I I was just laughing you know at the article they they really believed in you know hey if it's if it's the truth it's the truth I know I admit it but you know for me golf has to be outside I mean it may work for some people you know especially in the cold weather states you know where you can't go outside and play golf but like us we're fortunate we have beautiful weather year-round you can pretty much play golf year-round you got so many courses to choose from you know i mean i'm not i I hardly ever play golf as it is (laughs) i am not good by any means i mean anybody could take me to school (laughs) well you know what it's about being out there and participating and hanging out but the beautiful outdoors you know you you figure an average rounds about four to five hours depending on how you play and it's just being outdoors i mean my god these courses state of the art i know beautiful green grass and it's like we've spent so much time indoors we don't really we don't get you know the outside the sunshine the good old vitamin d you know coming from the sun's rays so you got to go outside more definitely and but geez. wear sunscreen. Wear sunscreen Absolutely. protection. Yeah. yeah. Well, another outdoor sport is tennis. I want to touch on tennis because uh, there's a guy right now. It's just he's hot since the start of the year. Rafael Nadal. Rafi has been on fire. And I'll, I'll give you a laydown. I mean, he just won the Madrid Open. Now they're in clay season right now. So, so tell them what the difference between clay and regular is. Okay, so the Australia Open was the first big tournament this year where Nadal actually made the final, lost to Federer. That's a hard surface. It's a different style of a hard surface. It's not like the turf that like it is here. Yeah. Uh, it's a slightly different material, but so the the ball moves a lot faster, as is for the Mexican Open, Indian Wells, and the Miami Open. Nadal was in the finals, final match in all four of those tournaments, losing three of those to Federer, one to the American Query. Every now and again, old Query gets up in there and wins wins one. Um, <laughs> but with the clay surface, Nadal, I mean, he was brought up in Spain. So that's I mean, where that's, he that's, that's, that's his home course. So okay. clay is, you know, just a, a, a little bit of softer surface. So it really slows the ball down, but it does different things. So with, with Nadal's game, it's a lot in the wrists. He really does a lot of controlling with, the, with his wrists. So he does a lot of things with the ball where he can just – spin it to where he just you know can hit corner shots drop shots i mean it, it just fits his game and that's why it's so hard like for people like Djokovic. i know federer actually has actually pulled out the french open he's not even going to play in that one no you know, that's, that's like the, news. that's like the last and that's the you you have like you have like certain tournaments but like the madrid open the one that the doll one that's considered a major and then you have one grand slam, you know, on that surface, which everybody knows the French Open, obviously. Yeah. Is. And when's Open. that? Uh, that starts May 22nd. Right now, the Italian Open's going on right now, but I don't think any of the big four is in that. But uh, but in the Madrid Open, you know, Joker was in it, uh, and he actually lost in the semis to Nadal. And uh, Andy Murray, he, he, or, uh, 
Yeah, he barely even got out of the first couple of rounds. He's well, kind his of, kind of play doesn't really. I mean, he's yeah, kind of a yeah. power player. If I, from what I know, yeah. I don't really know that much about tennis, but I do know that he hits the ball pretty hard. But in all these tournaments, you know, even the clay season, you know, once clay season started, Nadal won Monte Carlo. He won the Barcelona Open. He was, he's now won the Madrid Open. He's probably the favorite to win the French Open. You yeah, know, well, is not in it. And, and look it's at crazy those to trends. I, cr- and it's crazy to say because Federer could actually b- become the number one golfer again. Because Golfer? Excuse me. Tennis player. <laughs> oh, my God. Did I have my coffee this like morning? He beat out what? Dustin Johnson? No way. It's like, no way. He's Federer, sports. He's that good. I, I put my money on Federer. No. <laughs> no, number one tennis player. You know, he could get that number one ranking because he's – you know, he'll rack up some points because you got a lot of major points. When you win a Grand Slam, that's huge. But Nadal's racking up points, too, and he's going to climb right back up and probably be in a top four again. It's always been the big four. Nadal, Federer, Murray, you know, Djokovic. You know, they just kind of seem to rotate. They get bored being number one. <laughs> well, speaking of big four, we got big four left in both leagues. We got the NBA yes. as well, which we haven't talked about. Um, the big four being the Cavs versus the Celtics, and then you got the Warriors versus the Spurs. And, you know, this is going to be a fun – this is where we kind of predicted. Like, it didn't take Nostradamus to come out and say that these were going to be the four teams that were left. Like, it was just kind of – I said that, and, like, I'm the average – you know, maybe I'm more than average NBA viewer, but honestly, you you could tell that this was going to happen. And and like I said on a previous show – if there's a team in the East that could take down LeBron, I it could be the Celtics team. I'm not saying that they yep. will, but I, it, they kind of have the right kind of strategy, which is, you know, attack their depth, which is a big thing that the Cavs have is they got, you know, we were talking about the Rockets off air about, you know, they just didn't shoot the ball well. well the, the Cavs kind of have the same concept as them. They've got guys that can shoot on the perimeter. I mean, J.R. Smith, Channing Fry, you know, I can go on and on. Iman Shumpert, he can shoot for three, I mean, very sparingly, but they do have LeBron Kyle Corver. James, though. They got LeBron James, and they, they build a perimeter team off the driving kick. Right. Um, that's kind of how they – that's their that's strategy. How they survive. That's how they and survive. It, it works so if, well because LeBron's so good. And if Boston can play some really good uh, perimeter defense – Which they yeah. were one of the best and teams. And they play really good at home, and, and they do have the home court advantage. Not that it means anything, but it means a lot to a team like Boston. And if they can hold serve – because you, you look at the previous series they were in with the Washington Wizards, and all the home teams won. And they you, won you, all their home games. You kind of highlighted a great fact is the perimeter – you know, defense, and that's what what Boss was very good at was their perimeter defense. I mean, Isaiah Thomas, anytime he's on the floor, is not going to be the best defender. Um, it's a it's a known fact in the NBA, but what he does on the offensive end causes his plus minus to go up. Um, but he he's I mean, like he's at a disadvantage. It's it's kind of like, but he's such a good player despite it. Um, but you look at kind of who's going to guard LeBron. That's like the big thing. It's like, oh, are you, you going to put Jay Crowder on him? Like, who's going to guard LeBron? And you know, I think it, it takes a, a team. Exactly, it's, it's going to be a team by committee. Certain people will be on him at certain times, at certain points of the game. And, and you, it's also you just have to have a good goes. help defense. That's kind of you know. He's got to make sure the other players don't get off. Yeah, That's exactly. The main thing. But let's get with the Warrior and Spurs matchup. I mean, first of all, I mean, the Spurs, you know, down the Rockets, you know, by 39 in their house. And you said it in the last show. You said it. The Rockets rely heavily on their jump shot. And they you do. live by the three, you die by the three. 
I don't really come down hard on on James Harden. Definitely, he's 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 their star player. He, when he goes, their team goes. When he has a bad game, everybody has a bad game. But it's kind of, I don't know. I I, I think he, he got a lot of criticism, and that's to be expected. When you are the best player on the team, you're going to get the you know, or the leader of the team. You're going to get the criticism. Yeah, Your he team also doesn't do well. I mean, he like like we said before, is he, he doesn't really have the best players around him. They got great jump shooters that could play around him. But on the defensive end, you know, that's something that they struggle at. And you, you let a team like the Spurs get up to a big league. And, it's it, you know, I know it, the game one it was kind of like, oh, well, look what happens with this. Like, we're looking at the Warriors, you know, coming back from 25 points. And that's, that's like, it's not that big of a deal. But when you look at, you know, the Rockets and they, what they have in their great offensive team, but they just can't do it on the defensive end, and that's how the Spurs ran away with it. And you look on the other end, it was Steve Kerr said the perfect thing at halftime. He said, we need to make three straight stops against them, and then that will get our offense back into the right pace and the flow of things. And that's exactly what he said happened. Three straight stops. You know, I, this Warriors team is something special. We're like – I. I know people are like, oh, yes, this and that. But we have not seen – like, people just want to hate on them for whatever reason. But we're looking at some beautiful basketball right this here. It's going to be a great series. But one of the major turning points was when they were uh, – the, actually, the Spurs really came out swinging. They really, really punched uh, the Warriors in the gut. However, when Kawhi Leonard went out with that injury, you know, they were up by 23 points and the whole game changed. Um a lot of people, there's been some controversy about the Sasha Pachulia. Uh, it's playoff you know, basketball. It's playoff basketball. But I tell you what, I rewatched that play over and over again. And I tell you, some people can, you know, you, you could easily play it off like, oh, yeah, you know, just, yeah. Just, it, it just happened. But I, I tell you, that, that, that has happened before in the finals. In game two of the 2000 NBA finals, Jalen LaRose did that to Kobe Bryant. When he went up for a jump shot, the foot just kind of slid up, and he landed on this foot, sprained his ankle. He was out for the game. Um, I mean, and, and he's actually admitted to it. So it, it has happened. Now, I watched this play over and over, and Kawhi was you know going down the wing. Stop. He rose up for the jumper. Sasha or Saza was uh, defending him, and he was kind of face up. They're facing each other, but as the shot went up, uh, Pachulio's body turned, followed the shot, but he kind of sidestepped a little bit, and Kawhi came down. No, I now, don't it, think it could it be. Was, I it, think it, it looks like as if like he didn't know that he did that and he ran off. But you know what? He knows what he's doing out there. I, I think it was a dirty play. I, I know you disagree. No, I I, I think a lot of people want to. And even though you know, he didn't mean to do it, the guy that. still needs. If a guy's up in the air, he's he has the right to land where he went because he went straight up in the air. He has the uh, the right to come back down. I mean, that's an NBA rule. Okay, right yeah, he, he does. You're right. right. But at the same time, I mean, you know, Greg Popovich in the interviews, like he's been known to be a dirty player, and uh, it, it's see, like I'm not saying that. That's I that's, know you're not coach. saying that, but yeah. I, that's Popovich yeah. saying it, and I'm like trying to. And yeah, you can have a history, but sometimes you don't mean to do something. And I think he he was trying to close out the ball. It's like that happens. Like that, I've I've I seen that. that I do sit, pick sit up basketball. Little and that's happened to me. Like I came knows. out to stop the ball. He knows that he's going to be coming down. I he bet. knows it's it's a dirty little trick, but. It, it's been he knows his, many, many his head before. was turned. His yeah. head was literally – he was yeah. looking the other direction. No, I know. That's his, what, but he knew But where that foot was. And even was Kawhi Leonard. Precise, what did Kawhi Leonard say it about it? It was very precise. Wait, wait, wait. What did Kawhi Leonard say about I, I'm it? I'm just saying – Oh, he said that it was not a dirty play. 
He's a class act. He's a class yeah. act. Yeah, and I don't think it gonna, was by any it, means. It I don't. Happens. I think it's playoff basketball. He was trying to make the extra effort. And, you know, like I don't think he was actually in trying to have him land on his foot. I think he just kind of was stepping because he was trying to get up the floor because he figured Kawhi Leonard was going to make the shot. But let's not forget that even before that, he rolled his ankle. He rolled his ankle, and then they took him out, and they put him back in. And it was and it was a weak contact in the uh, rocket series. It was a too. weak contact. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. but if you if he has a good ankle to land on, he lands on his foot. By any means, he does not twist his ankle. All I'm saying is is that even though Poppy Patchouli didn't mean to do it, I don't know. You know, obviously he's not going to be looking at and you know place his foot you know and make it so obvious because you know all the cameras are on him, so he doesn't want to get caught. But at the same time. I don't know. You know. It's it's that's, just one of those things. That's really where tough to say. I just I you got to be able to allow a player to land when he goes up in the air. He he's vulnerable. It's just like you take a guy out in the air. That's a flagrant. I, I don't know if he even got called for a foul on that. I think he did. He get did called. get called for a foul, and he deservingly got called for a foul. Yeah. But is that a dirty malicious play? I don't right, think right. so. We no. don't know if it's malicious. It's kind of a dirty play. Was it malicious? Uh, maybe I, not. I, I, I think maybe it's more not. incidental contact. Yeah. I think it was on accident. But it, but it happens. I mean, it, it, like you said, we're in the third round of the playoffs. It's very aggressive. It's very physical at this point in the season. These guys are hungry. They kind of see it, w- what they need to do to get where they need to be. And these teams, they're going to challenge each other. They are. I mean, yeah. even he, Kawhi Leonard's out for game two. And then you, you also, on the flip side, you got Andre Iguodala out for game two. So... It'll be interesting. And the drama that comes with it. That's why we love this time of year. Yeah, it's I mean, come such a on. great time of year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I, that's going to be an interesting series. It's exactly what oh, people yeah. have been waiting for for the last few years, except they, they got it towards you know the tail end of the Spurs um, dominance. It is, it's the old regime versus the new regime. I said it on Friday, and, you know, it's it's the kind of the changing, who's going to be the new you know, head of the Western Conference. And it's always been kind of the favorites have been the Warriors for the last three years. But you look before that, it's always been the Spurs. So old versus new regime. We'll see how it ends. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a great series, you know. And then tonight we got the Ducks going tonight. But we also have the lottery, NBA lottery. So for you Laker fans, we just want to land in the top three. That'll be interesting to watch. It, that's going to be – I mean, the, look at the NBA lottery. Yeah. There's The percentages for you to get into the um, top three, I mean, 15%, and then the team behind you is like 14.6. So it's like it's going to be tough regardless. They're so random. And I don't understand how the magic that one year – Got the first round pick back to back. I don't understand how it's after they, a, after a forty one and forty one record. Yeah, they end up with yeah, and then you know you look at it and uh, the year the LeBron left, they get the first overall pick and they pick Kyrie Irving, and then they get the first overall pick in the next year and they they pick um, the guy that's no longer with the team with them, Andy Bennett. Yeah, so, it, it, it's crazy how it happens, but you know it's just a that's the chance that it can happen. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I the Lakers have gotten it in the last two years. If I were a betting man, which I'm not, so I think the Lakers are getting the top three. I I, I got a good feeling with that. That's, and then that's coming from a Warriors in, fan, in ladies comes and gentlemen. Lonzo Ball. It's just it's just bound to happen. We'll, we'll I just, touch I see we'll it. touch more on that next week. But I'll tell you what. Go Ducks. Go UCI. Coming up next, you got Kenny Jones with News and Views. So, you know, he always has a great show. Until then, enjoy your drive. Oh,